Greetings and welcome everyone to a special edition of ASME's podcast, ASME Today and Tomorrow. I'm Michael Cowan, ASME's Director of Strategic Communications, here with ASME's Executive Director, CEO, Tom Costabile. Hey, Tom. Hi, Michael. How are you today? I'm doing all right, Tom. Together, we've done a whole bunch of different things in this whole virtual part of us moving around and what have you. And I thank you and I thank Rich and Josh to, for putting all this together. You guys uh, continue to impress me and all I can say is thanks. Well, thanks very much. And, uh, you know, I couldn't ask for a better host than, than you and all the team that we've been having on. So, Oh, God, here we go. I know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Tom, you know, uh, unfortunately, our, our topic today is somewhat serious. COVID-19, uh, as everyone knows, has changed pretty much everything, and that includes right here at ASME. Today, Tom and I are going to be chatting with ASME's entire executive management team about how the coronavirus pandemic is affecting ASME's members, volunteers, activities, and other efforts, as well as what our plans are for this unprecedented situation. So Tom, before we start, maybe you could provide our listeners with an overview of just kind of where we are and what we're doing. You know, Michael, I'd like to, and I, I agree with you, it is a serious topic, but uh, we've got to stay light and we've got to stay lively. We've got to stay focused. If you ask me what keeps me up at night, it's the uh, health and safety of everyone who's part of our ASME family. The 400 of us that are comprised ASME staff, the thousands and thousands of deeply dedicated volunteers and and, and our members, our staff, and without a doubt, the very top of my list of what we have to focus on. That's what keeps me going, uh, quite frankly. Uh, it's what allows me to sleep after we start thinking that we've got a plan in place to keep everybody safe. You know, when this, this whole uh, situation started to unfold back in January for us, you know, we had our first conversations, Jeff and I uh, jumped out quickly with regards to what do we do with our team in, in Beijing. And we quickly transitioned everybody over, and John Hasselman and Michael Johnson took over. And I'm pleased to say that everybody's been safe there. We then followed quickly with other, other movements, and thanks to our ability during the year-end holiday last year to install some new IT equipment, we were able to transition a little over 400 individuals to work from home within a six-day period. And I credit Bill Garofalo and Jason Sapshan the whole IT team with picking it up and making it happen. What I see now is a different way of life, a different norm. For us, it's, it's how do we communicate? Uh, I am, as you've heard me say in a couple of our virtual meetings, uh, whether it's our virtual coffee break or our, our team meetings that we've been having, our normal directives, managing director meetings. I'm worried about people sending emails at eight, nine, 10 o'clock at night. I know I'm crazy enough to do it, but uh, how do you get the right work balance? Many of our team has responded saying they're comfortable, they're very appreciative of the work that we as the EMT have been doing to ensure the safety of themselves and their families. A lot of common sense needs to prevail. And I also think, and I've been using this expression for the, in the last few days, is that our communication has to be a, a compassionate communication uh, because in times of uncertainty, which there are, a little bit of surety that we know where we're gonna go, at least we have a plan and a target, and we know the target's gonna change. But having that and communicating it with compassion, I think, is important. That's what we've been doing. Thanks for asking that. Let's get let's get going. I want to see what the uh, the team has to say. You know, we spent quite a lot of time together lately, and I will tell you, it's uh, it's great. So, thank you, guys. All right. Well, well, well thanks, Tom. And you know, before we uh, get started here, let's just introduce and welcome everyone. We, as I said, we've got the full uh, ASME executive management team. We've got Jeff Patterson, ASME's chief operating officer. Bill Garofalo, Chief Financial Officer, John Delvinieri, our General Counsel, and Michael Johnson, Chief Strategy Officer. So welcome to you all, and uh, Tom, take it away. Well, Michael, thank you. And again, it's, it's been a lot of uh, comfort that comes out of working with these guys. 
Uh, we haven't seen each other in almost eight weeks before we separated in early March. Uh, Michael Johnson and I just came back from a very progressive trip uh, throughout India. Uh, we still continue to work on our, that part of our strategy, despite the fact that we know the, uh, the end date or the start dates are a little bit uh, untimely. So it's great to see that. I want to ask Jeff Patterson, a gentleman who I spent quite a lot of time with, how is uh, this crisis impacting our activities, Jeff? And I know the answers to this. It's great that I think uh, you articulate your own words, uh, how it's affecting our, our, our activities. And what are we doing to meet the challenge? Well, I guess the first thing I'd say is how impressed I am at how volunteers and staff have really pulled together in every part of the society to meet this challenge. But let's take something as basic as meetings, for example. We conduct all kinds of meetings at ASME, ranging in size from less than a dozen people to several thousand people. And these include our frequent section and segment meetings, our ongoing standards committee meetings, our technical conferences, our periodic volunteer governance meetings. And then we have all of our learning and development classroom courses in which paying customers gather in, a, in hotel rooms or on-site at corporate locations. And then obviously uh, at a number of these events, we have sponsors and exhibitors whose support helps us stage these meetings. Each type of meeting has its own requirements based on the kind of information that will be exchanged, the kind of opportunities that attendees want to network informally with with new friends and, and longtime colleagues and and the kind of engagement that our sponsors and exhibitors want to have with the attendees so our staff teams have been working overtime with volunteers to define the essential elements of each kind of meeting that we stage investigate the ways to offer a satisfying virtual version of the experience and so we've been vetting potential vendors. We've been reimagining these meetings in terms of the ways that attendees can interact with the information and each other in a virtual environment. And at the same time, we've been working with hotels and conference centers who are subject to local and national restrictions on large gatherings. It's been a lot of work. It, that work is ongoing, but I have to say our, our volunteers and staff have really brought their A game in terms of creativity and teamwork. And I think we're off to a very good start. Well, Jeff, thanks. Uh, you know, you and I deal with this every day, but it's, uh, it's comforting for me to hear one more time and summarize. I do miss our early morning Starbucks together, but uh, I'm glad you're drinking Pete's and Starbucks is still alive here. Let me now turn to Bill Garofolo, our ASME's Chief Financial Officer, also heads up our IT team. Bill, everything that Jeff has just described is going to have a profound impact on ASME from a financial perspective. Uh, what's your view on the situation? And tell uh, tell us all a little bit about what we've been planning and what your team has been doing with that. Sure, Tom. From a, I agree with everything Jeff said. And one of the things when we're doing our budget and our planning is that we usually apply the 80-20 uh, rule, where we know approximately 80% of our, our revenue is somewhat known and guaranteed when we go into the next year. The other 20%, we do have some ups and downs, and we plan accordingly. This year, go, as we're going through our planning process, that 80% is out the window. We really don't, the way the world is changing, we don't have that uh, assurance of where our revenue is coming from. So therefore, from a financial perspective, well, how do we change and what do we need to do? Well, our revenue is changing where we used to have a lot of in-person meetings where we'd have uh, learning and development, we'd have a, a uh, different types of meetings going on. Now they're turning virtual. So not only from a revenue uh, standpoint, from uh, also an expense standpoint, this is constantly changing. We don't know what the future is going to hold. This is there's a lot of uncertainty to that, but we're trying to plan as best we could from what we know and have some flexibility as we go through our planning for next year. So when we say, well, we have a budget. 
well, let's do more of a flexible budget where we're going to be able to modify uh, as we move forward. So this is new and challenging. Uh, we do have uh, staff and volunteers who see, are working together to try to come up with the best solution. But from a financial perspective, it's, it's going to be a challenge. Also, as you mentioned, from an IT perspective, is looking, now we used to have 400 people working in uh, five, six different offices, you know, between the US and, and internationally. Now these folks are working in almost 400 different offices. So we have to say from an uh, IT perspective, how do we handle 400 different offices working together at the same time? It's been a challenge. The, the staff, the volunteers have been really stepping up to accept the challenge. And I think we're in a good place as, as we move forward. Well, Bill, Bill, thanks. And again, uh, give us two seconds on the uh, stimulus package that uh, your team, in conjunction with John Delvinari, uh, were able to secure for us. Sure, Tom. And, and the, the, through the Small Business Administration, the PPP uh, program was put in place for businesses like us, uh, less than 500 employees uh, facing these challenges of, of uncertainty. And I think the, the government did step up and we did um, secure a loan. We were one of the first groups to get in. Our, our team uh, with uh, Robin Savage, Russ Williams, Peter Cicero worked tirelessly as the bill was being uh, formed. Um, as it passed, working with our banks to be able to be one of the first groups to get in. Uh, we worked uh, on a Sunday when, uh, as soon as it came out and it was available. That Sunday afternoon, the team got together and we, we spent about three hours on a virtual call, a virtual meeting to try to, we got the whole application in. We were able to get the funding and it's, it's helping us uh, meet some of the challenges related to cash flow, payroll, et cetera. You know, I think, uh, Tom, as you mentioned on many calls, what keeps you up at night is making payroll. And when a business is going through challenges like this, you're really looking at your cash flow on a daily, monthly uh, basis. And this, this loan was able to uh, help us uh, get over this uh, initial hump of being able to meet our cash flow needs. Well, Bill, thanks. And again, my thanks to the team for doing that because it's another reason that uh, we're all resting a little bit easier and it gives us the ability to plan. You know, as much as there are financial implications, um, there too will be a whole host of uh, legal considerations. Uh, for me, luckily, we've got John Delavaneri uh, serving as our general counsel to guide us through these complicated times. Um, you know, John stepped up. Um, it's, it's scary that an attorney can actually speak in operations speak now. I'm not gonna get him into the engineering part, but uh, it's grateful and it's comforting that uh, he's with us. So John, uh, Give us a, a, your perspective on everything we've been discussing. Well, I, you know, I'd like to start off by echoing what my colleague said, is this really has been a team effort. You know, there, there are not silos on the EMT. Everybody works together. Everybody kind of overlaps. And when we make these decisions, it's a joint decision. And it really has been gratifying to deal with these situations as a group and have uh, so many good minds thinking through all of these. So the legal department has been busy supporting all of ASME's new initiatives and the new ways we're delivering our traditional activities. We are developing new guidelines in partnership with our operational units for how we operate in this new virtual world. ASME is not alone in wrestling with these issues and it's exciting to see this new way to conduct business evolve in real time. You know, we're all learning as we go along and we're all adapting as we go along. And that has made this both challenging, but also um, uh, I actually enjoy it because I enjoy a challenge and I enjoy working with smart people figuring out how to, how to uh, deal with a challenge. So, you know, as uh, 
Tom has said, and as Bill has said, we've had some uh, real success going forward. And I look forward to uh, the next level of challenges as we go on. Well, John, thank you. And again, from the, the multitude of issues that you've been dealing with, with uh, just about every part of our uh, our operating team, uh, I appreciate it. And I know the rest, of the, the rest of the group does as well. You know, and again, you and I talked a little bit about the essential parts of a puzzle um, in terms of how ASME will meet its challenge and what we have to do to craft the right strategy. Uh, you know, I, I believe we're fortunate that uh, Michael Jones Johnson, our chief strategy officer, has joined us. Uh, Michael is the economist of the group and the, the ever uh, positive, forward-looking individual. Tell us your thoughts about the current situation and where do you see us going? Well, thanks, Tom. And uh, again, from, our, from a colleague perspective, I think this has been a, a, a fantastic opportunity for us. Uh, I was reflecting on this podcast and it occurred to me that we as an EMT have spent more time together over the last seven weeks than we probably spent over the last year together as a team in terms of our conversations. It strikes me as this is just a great opportunity. We, we have these dislocations in our history where we have these points that it gives us an opportunity to really examine how we're going about doing things. Uh, we know we're embarking upon a new era where things will be done differently. So how do we leverage our technology how do we leverage things like artificial intelligence, machine learning, to enhance the product and services uh, that we deliver? Uh, we know there's going to be a huge humanitarian issue coming out of this pandemic. And so how does the engineering community support that? As you know, uh, we've got, uh, we're working with the FDA to do some testing of products and services that are coming out and modeling those services, uh, those, those products and services. So for me, the pandemic has given us an opportunity to really exploit what I believe are going to be new opportunities, how we go about doing business, uh, the products and services that we have the ability to deliver as we go forward. And, and again, increasing our ability to leverage emerging technologies around robotics, artificial intelligence, machine learning. Uh, those things, I think, are going to be a great contributor to ASME's success. Well, Michael, thank you. And again, I, I agree. The uh, the part that's interesting that we deal with every day and the, the part that's interesting for me personally is that the key points of the strategy we've been defining with our volunteer leadership teams right. still are valid. It's the timing that we now have to, to question and what, what reprogramming or what, what time shifting do we have to go through. It kind of reflects a lot for me personally back onto my early career during the digital transition from analog music and video products to the current world. So, Michael, thank you. Uh, I'd also like to, to mention a related item. Some of our listeners may know that Laurel Rasso, ASME's Chief Human Resource Officer, recently announced her retirement after a distinguished career of more than 30 years of service in ASME. I'm pleased to say that she's transitioning and continues to do well, but in addition to all the work that you've picked up in our strategy team, you've also stepped in to help lead our human resource area during this transition. Tell the tell our listeners a little bit about uh, some of the things that you've been doing with the new team, and again, if I haven't, I want to offer my sincerest thanks and appreciation for you to take on this additional function and help us figure out the, the way, the path forward. Uh, thanks, Tom, and it was my pleasure. I think the, the most fundamental thing that comes to my mind relative from an HR perspective is, is probably two or three things. It's one, continuing to diversify the organization in terms of our diversity and our inclusion uh, initiatives. 
I think the second thing is continuing to make the cultural change that we're trying to make, uh, that people feel more valued, they're embracing, we're, we're driving down decision-making, uh, there's more empowerment uh, in the organization. And I also think uh, the, the team building, and, and quite frankly, I think what's has been helpful is through these virtual conferences, the amount of teamwork that I've seen across organizations, I, you know, it's been helpful uh, that we've had to do this virtually because we learn how to cross-collaborate. We learn how to communicate each other in, in, a, in, a, in a more candid and, and an efficient way. So I think those are the things that come to mind from an HR perspective that are on the top of my list that, that we need to continue to support and uh, drive through the organization. Great, well, Michael, thanks again. So gentlemen, what each of us have shared some private moments of laughter, a little bit of frustration, but as you know, uh, we would not be here if it wasn't that the work that we've done shoulder to shoulder with our presidential team, our board of governors, our senior vice presidents, and our other senior volunteers to assist the, during this impact of the crisis. So uh, just a bit of a, a humorous or a pointed story about how our, our volunteer and staff relationships are just getting tighter because of this. John, why don't you start us off? Well, it's interesting. You know, we, um, we're spending a lot of time revisioning the governance of the society this year. And uh, it has been uh, very interesting, uh, the, the interface between uh, the lawyer and the engineer. And so sometimes I think we're speaking slightly different languages, but there's a much more agreement than there's disagreement in how we should move forward. And it has really been fun to be creative in, in uh, tackling some of the issues that we've had with governance um, with this specific uh, presidential team. And uh, it has really been exciting. And I think we're going to have a stronger organization when we're done. I agree with you, Adrian, and thank you. Bill, how about you? I think the volunteers have been supportive in, um, in what we're trying to do. They, they understand that the world's a little different right now and nobody knows exactly where we're gonna come out from this. And I think that they've been, uh, their support has been really appreciated as we're doing this. I think the, uh, they are, um, a lot of the volunteers have been with ASME for a long time and they, uh, they understand what ASME has been in the past and we're all adjusting to what ASME may be in the future. But I think the volunteers are working well with us and really appreciate everything that, that they're doing. Oh, thank you. And Jeff, of all of us, I know you, you spend the most time with the, the, the most broad section of volunteers. What are your thoughts? Well, in addition to the, the teamwork that I mentioned earlier, uh, I'm delighted to see the, the human side of everyone. When we participate in our virtual meetings via Zoom, people that I usually see in a suit and tie are wearing a college sweatshirt or a, or a golf shirt, or they've got a, a, a virtual background that offers a sense of, of their, you know, their lives uh, away from the society. So I think, interestingly, this has given us all an opportunity to get to know one another more deeply on a personal level and see the, the personal side of each other. And I've really enjoyed that. Well, thanks, Jeff. You know, and from my side, I will tell you that uh, of the multitude of phone calls and video calls that I've been making, I continue to appreciate and, and garner the, the, the value of the institutional knowledge that our volunteers have. The one complaint I would have is that if I set an hour for a phone call, none of these meetings end on time. Nobody wants to hang up the phone. And that to me is, a, it just shows you the value and commitment to ASME as a group 
and uh, in, in, in a crazy way, strength of our, our path forward. So I truly believe that ASME is as great as it is because of our volunteers. And this pandemic, if anything that's come out of it that's been positive, it's been just that. It's the continued support and, and the knowledge that we are going to survive. So, Michael, back to you, sir. How are we doing here? All right. Well, well, thanks, Tom, and, and thanks, EMT. That was really uh, interesting and informative conversation. You know, so obviously, by any measure, the COVID situation is uh, truly challenging, uh, and our hearts, of course, go out to all those around the world who have been impacted along with our gratitude to all the first responders, medical workers, and caregivers who have been on the front lines of the crisis. So Tom, just before we wrap up uh, our program today, do you have any overall message for the ASME community? I just stay strong, use a lot of common sense, communicate with compassion because that's what's required today, and keep the information flowing. We, we have to set the new norm. And every day, we as a team, the EMT as a team, evaluates what's happening. And the more we can communicate, the more we can understand the global situation, uh, the quicker we can define our new norm. It's not going back to where anywhere near what we used to be, but uh, to continue the, uh, our ability to provide global safety uh, and engineering knowledge throughout the world uh, is going to require some additional and stronger compassionate communication. And all I can say is thank you for doing that. Well, thanks, Tom. Uh, with that, it wraps up uh, today's special edition of ASME Today and Tomorrow. Thanks again to ASME's executive management team for joining us. That's Jeff Patterson, ASME's chief operating officer, Bill Garofalo, chief financial officer, uh, John Delvaneri, general counsel, and Michael Johnson, chief strategy officer. Thanks to each of you for your insights and your leadership. Thanks as well to Rich Samalot and Joshua Lesker for serving as associate producers. And thanks, of course, to ASME's executive director, CEO, Tom Costigo, for joining us. Tom, thank you. Michael, as always, thank you. My thanks to Josh and to Rich as well. I'm looking forward to, uh, to listening to this podcast as we go on. Great. Well, for anybody out there who's got additional questions about COVID-19 for Tom, please be sure to visit Tom's Facebook page at facebook.com slash ASME executive director. We'll also have additional updates as warranted on ASME.org. As always, feel free to contact us at media at ASME.org with suggestions for future topics and speakers. For ASME, I'm Michael Cowan, Director of Strategic Communications. Have a great day and stay safe, everyone.